Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today I want to talk about how I invest my money and which broker I use. Before we get into the episode, I would like to take a minute and thank all of my listeners for liking and sharing the show. Last week was the best week for downloads in the podcast history, and I could not have done it without all of you spreading the word. If you know someone who could benefit from raising their financial awareness, go ahead and send them my way. So this week, I'm going to talk about my all-time favorite brokerage firm, which also happens to be where I keep most of my investments. I'm going to talk about why I use them and why you should consider using them as well. For the purposes of being 100% open with my listeners, I am in no way affiliated with this firm, and I was not compensated for making this episode. However, I am going to include a link in the description where you can check them out, and we can both potentially earn some cash if you decide that you like them as much as I do. So, with no further ado, let's talk about M1 Finance. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... All right, so let's talk about M1 Finance. The first thing I would like to talk about are the areas which I have had personal experience with them. I've been an M1 user since 2019, and in the years that I've been an account holder, I have experience with their checking accounts, their taxable brokerage accounts, their retirement accounts, and their portfolio lines of credit. But what is M1 Finance? M1 is a brokerage that has a ton of automation to make your financial life easier to manage. Even though there is an emphasis on automation, it is still you that is making the decisions and not them. What I mean to emphasize here is that you really shouldn't compare M1 to robo-advisors like Betterment or Wealthfront. The comparison there isn't apples to apples because both services do different things. Speaking of which, M1 services are split between three categories, which are invest, spend, and borrow. Let's go ahead and start with invest. Invest covers all of their investment account types. They offer taxable brokerage accounts, IRAs, trust accounts, and custodial accounts. Currently, I have a taxable brokerage account and my Roth IRA within M1 Invest accounts. What they do differently than other brokers is that you can create your portfolio and they'll handle the rest. With most brokers, you deposit your money and then you need to make individual trades to get your money actually invested. For example, if you wanted your retirement portfolio to be 80% VTI, which is a total stock market ETF, and 20% BND, which is a total U.S. bond market ETF, you would have to first transfer money to your broker. Then, once it was there, you would have to create two trade orders. The first would be to purchase however much VTI you needed, and the second would be to purchase however much BND you needed. You would then have to make these buy transactions every single time that you made a deposit. With M1, you create what is called a pie, and it's called that because it looks like a pie chart. In this case, you would set your pie to be 80% VTI and 20% BND, and then from then on, all you have to do is make deposits and M1 will handle the rest. Once your percentages are set, each time you receive a dividend or make a deposit to the account, M1 will invest the money for you in order to get your portfolio to that 80-20 split that you told them you wanted. So with M1, you don't have to place trade orders with each deposit like you would virtually every other broker. 
Also, something to keep in mind here is that these trades are made based on your portfolio's percentages and not as a percentage of the deposit. So if you deposit $100 per paycheck, that doesn't mean that $80 of every paycheck goes towards VTI. Instead, each time there's a deposit, M1 is going to make trades so that your entire portfolio ends up being at that 80-20 split. So say that the stock market has a really bad day when you make your deposit. VTI is down and BND is up. Say that because of this, your percentages of your portfolio at the time of your deposit is 70% VTI and 30% BND. Depending on the dollar amount of your account, your $100 might go entirely towards VTI because M1 is going to try to get VTI back to that 80% that you said you wanted. In this case, since BND is 30% and you said you only wanted 20, M1 is going to avoid putting money into it so that your other assets can catch up. You can also set up automatic transfers so that a specific amount of money is pulled from your bank account and invested every week, every two weeks, or every month. Personally, payday for me is every other Wednesday. I have an automated transfer set up so that every other Thursday, a couple hundred dollars gets pulled out of my account and moves to M1. So if you think about it, with me not really having to do anything outside of a one-time setup, I get paid by direct deposit, and then the next day when that check clears, some money will get pulled out of my account and moved to M1, and then M1 is going to invest my money according to the percentages that I set. And all it took me was the five minutes to log in, set up my portfolio, and set up the transfer schedule. After all of that, all of my investing is taken care of for me. Next, let's talk about spend. M1 Spend is a checking account that is 100% digital, and that's about it. No joke, it is just a checking account. However, it does bring everything together within M1, and it has some interesting features. Personally, I use my M1 Spend account for my emergency fund. I don't like having my emergency fund at my primary bank, because if I log into my banking app and I see thousands of extra dollars there, I'm going to be more prone to think, hmm, I can spend this. So for me, it helps to have my emergency fund with a different company than my primary bank. I also use M1 Spend as a middleman for my investments. M1 Spend allows you to set up what they call smart transfers. Smart transfers allow you to set rules for your accounts in order to further automate your finances. For example, I want my emergency fund to have at least $5,000 in it. I am not quite there yet because my fiance and I have been paying down some debts, but what are you going to do? As I said a few minutes ago, I have several hundred dollars per paycheck going to my M1 account. However, the way I have it set up, the money that gets pulled from my bank account goes straight to my spend account instead of going straight to my investment accounts. That way, it helps build my emergency fund. And what I have is I have a smart transfer set up so that once my emergency fund hits $5,000, anything over that $5,000 is going to get automatically sent to my Roth IRA. Part of that setup is that M1 is going to make sure that I only invest up to the annual maximum contribution, so that way I don't get in trouble with the IRS. Once I hit that contribution limit, the money from each paycheck, instead of going to either the emergency fund or to the IRA, is going to instead go to my taxable brokerage account. So with me just taking a few minutes to set up the smart transfer, I never have to touch it again. From here on out, and this is legitimately what I have set up, each paycheck will have funds pulled from my bank account to M1. M1 will first put it in my emergency fund. Now, if the emergency fund is full, the money's going to go to my Roth IRA. If my Roth IRA is full for the year, then it's going to go to my taxable brokerage account. And this is going to keep happening every single paycheck until I tell them to stop. 
With this level of automation, I don't even have to log into the app. After the one-time setup, my money's going to go straight to the emergency fund. If the emergency fund is full, well, then my Roth IRA is going to get maxed out. Once my Roth IRA is maxed out, the rest is going to get invested in my brokerage account, and all of that without me ever having to log in again. The last of M1's three main services is Borrow. M1 Borrow is a line of credit that is secured by your portfolio. A line of credit is basically a credit card. You get a certain limit, you can spend up to that limit, pay it down, and then you're able to spend up to that limit again. Unlike a credit card, a portfolio line of credit has collateral, meaning that if you don't pay the loan, the lender can take the collateral to pay themselves back. In this case, the collateral are the assets in your portfolio. So hypothetically, if you don't make a payment, your broker is allowed to sell shares in your account in order to make the payment. This is called a margin call, and it can happen with any broker that offers a line of credit. The primary difference between a credit card and a line of credit is the interest rate. Credit cards have interest rates that are super high because there is no collateral for them. This means that it is a very high risk for the credit card company. Now, high risk means that they need to have a high return, so that's how you end up with a 19% annual interest rate. With a portfolio line of credit, not only is there collateral for the loan, but there is a lot of collateral. M1 restricts their lines of credit to 35% of your portfolio balance. So hypothetically, if you have $10,000 in your portfolio, this means that your borrow line of credit is going to be $3,500. Let's say that, hypothetically, you max out your line and you haven't made any payments. Well, you owe them $3,500, but you have $10,000 in your account. So unless your entire portfolio drops by over 65%, they're covered. Now, since that scenario is highly unlikely, this means that your line of credit is a low-risk loan for M1. And of course, if it's a low-risk loan, that means there's a low return. As of me recording this, M1 Borrow's standard interest rate is 3.5%, far less than the average credit card interest rate of between 14 and 20%. Also keep in mind that with a line of credit, there is no principal paydown factored into the payment. With credit cards, there is always some amount of your payment that's principal, so for that, your payments are going to be higher. Now, with a line of credit, it is exclusively interest. So that hypothetical loan amount of $3,500 and an interest rate of 3.5%, you are going to be looking at monthly payments of $10.21. Something to keep in mind here is that, like credit cards, the rates on lines of credit are what is known as floating rates. This means that they can change anytime the Federal Reserve raises or lowers their rates. So if you are listening to this episode in the future, the interest rates might be different than the 3.5% I just mentioned. Now, I'm not going to get into it this episode, but with an easily accessible line of credit with a low interest rate, there is some opportunity to pay off high interest debt with that line and save yourself some interest payments. Now, please don't take any of what I just said over the last few minutes to be me encouraging you to borrow the maximum that you can. Having a portfolio line of credit can be a very useful tool when you need it, but as with any debt, you should never just max out whatever a lender will give you, and you need to always put some thought into any decision that involves getting more debt. Personally, I like to think of my portfolio line of credit as a backup emergency fund. So, those are the three main services for M1 Finance. Let's cover some overall pros and cons for M1. Because I like to end on a high note, let's start with the cons. With how M1 works, they process all of the trades across their entire platform at the same time. So with this, we have what's known as trade windows. 
This means that if you choose to go in and manually buy or sell something in your portfolio, it will not process until the next day during the trade window. If your intention is to be a long-term buy and hold investor with as much automation as possible, this shouldn't be an issue. But if you are someone that makes trades multiple times a day or want to have the ability to panic sell in the middle of a day, M1 is not for you. Another con is that M1 does not support mutual funds. Now, while this may sound bad, they do support ETFs. And since just about all of the big mutual funds also have an ETF that invests in the same things, this shouldn't really be an issue. Now, how about the pros? The first thing, the entire service is free. There are no trading fees and there are no asset management fees. There is an M1 Plus subscription, which costs you $125 per year, which gets you some pretty solid perks, but they're not really all that pushy in trying to get you to join. Plus, there are all kinds of discounts and free years that they offer every now and then, so as of this recording, it's really been kind of rare that you'd pay the full $125. Just wait a month or so, they'll have a deal. Some other pros are, of course, the automated portfolio management, the fractional shares, the low-cost line of credit, and all the perks you get with M1+. For example, another reason I keep my emergency fund with M1 is that you get a 1% interest rate on your spend account when you have M1+. So my emergency fund is actually earning me 1% per year. Now, with all that being said, I am sure that I missed some things that you may find important when it comes to picking a broker. Feel free to go and check out their site and see some independent reviews. I'm actually going to go ahead and link some independent reviews from other personal finance sites in the description below. I want to remind you all again that I am not affiliated with M1 Finance and I was not compensated for making this episode. I made this episode because I have been a user of M1 for years and they are, in my opinion, the best broker for people who want automated investing or who have a set-it-and-forget-it approach to investing. Now, there are two special deals going on right now that I want to mention. First off, M1 has a refer-a-friend deal going on. So if you use my link and you open an M1 Invest account with at least $100, you and I will both receive a $50 bonus. Again, this whole shebang is free for you, so they're going to pay you $50 just to open a small account. Also, as of this recording, M1 is giving away a full year of M1 Plus for free. With M1 Plus, some of the benefits you get are that your spend account will earn interest, as well as have some ATM fees reimbursed to you. Your line of credit will go from an interest rate of 3.5% to 2%, and you're going to get access to the smart transfers and a second daily trade window for your invest accounts. Now, I looked all over the website, but I could not find an expiration date on when that free year of M1 Plus ends. But honestly, they do these deals where Plus is free or discounted all the time, so I wouldn't really rush to sign up just for that. Picking a broker or switching brokers is a big decision, and you should really put some thought into it. That being said, I sincerely do think that M1 is a fantastic broker for anyone that is a buy-and-hold investor that appreciates automation. So that's what I think of M1 Finance. It is the service that I use for my emergency fund and for just about all of my investments outside of my employer accounts. I have used them for years and I have no intention of leaving. I highly recommend you at least check them out. If you have any questions, you can always feel free to send me an email or a DM on Twitter and I will be happy to help. Remember to check out all of the links in the description below. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? 
Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.